It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. What we're seeing at the border is only a snapshot of what happens to these people. Imagine the hundreds of miles that they go uh, without any U.S. intervention like we have here at the border. Imagine what happens to them in, when they're doing the dangerous trek from Honduras and Salvador uh, through Mexico. Imagine what happens to the people that get raped, get assaulted, uh, you know, including adults and, and young kids. We, we, all, we only see a snapshot. We don't see what's happening in those countries. Uh, that is Henry Cuellar. He's a congressman, Democratic congressman from Texas. And he, uh, I, when I went to the border, two of the three times I went to the border, uh, he's been there. And he wears a members-only jacket, and he's not looking for interviews. He's looking to solve problems. That's to the Republican president. He is very disappointed with the President Biden's policy at the border. So is pre, uh, the land commissioner, George P. Bush. He's uh, of Texas and a candidate now for Texas attorney general. Made a major announcement this week for his career after being a land commissioner for six years, which is a prestigious position in Texas. Uh, George P., welcome back. Great to be with you, man. Good morning. Congressman Cuellar is somebody I imagine you really appreciate, somebody who cares about his citizens more than his party. Absolutely. He's a, really a courageous man for, for stepping out against the party because he sees the conditions on the ground. And this is the largest surge of illegal immigration in modern American history due to the Biden Harris inaction and the reversal of the Trump policies. And so, you know, he's speaking truth to his, his constituencies. I'm actually calling you pretty close to his district, not quite in his district. I'm in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, but we did get a brief uh, yesterday on the Laredo uh, area of responsibility where he does represent. And any AOR you're talking about, whether it's El Paso, Laredo, Del Rio, or down here in McAllen, it's record numbers 177,000 arrests of illegal immigration. In the month of April alone, the May projection is going to be roughly in that ballpark for a total figure. Some estimates put it at about 1.3 million, which would be a record dating back to uh, about 2000 from what I'm hearing. So, you know, hopefully the, the White House will wake up. Hopefully the president, the vice president will actually come down and accept our governor's request to, to see the border and see the conditions on the ground. Is it as bad as you've seen it? Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, you know, the you know, Fox News just put out some alarming video of just just the taste of what's happening in terms of human trafficking, in terms of the humanitarian crisis that's taking place. And really, it's the national policy right now to reward drug cartels that use their trafficking routes for um, moving narcotics, now making 3x per pound of narcotics or fentanyl by moving, moving humans using a lot of the same routes. Um, and so you have children that are being recycled in the, in the words of a lot of the professionals here on the border, because that's a, one of the loopholes under our protocols um, under immigration law. But Border Patrol just recently uncovered a rape that occurred in the area that I was in just yesterday through an aerial asset and was able to break up the act. Um, so this is, you know, as the congressman said, the activity that's taking place on the other side of the border is not being witnessed by the American public. If they did, I think more Democrats would actually come to our side and said enough is enough. Well, I think so, too. I think that if they if the Democrats plan on keeping Arizona, 
or their Senate seat, uh, which is Senator Mark Kelly, if if they plan on making more inroads in Texas, they're not doing it this way. And because you talk to Texans and they are alarmed. I talk to people. Everybody I talk to is alarmed. You don't hear much from California. So, George, it was a a big week for you. You know, you got to be you could have all the ambition and all the talent you want. Timing is everything. Why do you believe that after six years as land commissioner, now's the time to go for attorney general in Texas? Well, for several years now, Texans know that uh, our current attorney general has been under criminal securities fraud indictment. And Ken Paxton. As a top law, Ken Paxton, correct. And, you know, um, as a top law enforcement official, I think you have to be above approach, not under criminal investigation and or indictment. The FBI recently announced that they're investigating allegations of bribery and corruption from his top eight lieutenants and all allow that investigation to play out. But you know, Texans are just confused that, you know, the top law enforcement official is is trying to keep himself out of jail instead of stacking up mugshots of hardened criminals in our state. Um, but I have specific ideas to improve the agency. For example, Brian, two-thirds of this budget of about $660 million and 4,200 full-time employees is devoted to alimony payment collection. Certainly, we can leverage technologies of today to make a government agency of this size more efficient. Just like I did at the land office where I brought oil and gas lease sales online and generated billions in additional revenue for, for public schools. Um, I think we need a renewed focus on human trafficking. Yes, this ties into the border crisis, but there's a lot of domestic grooming of young Texas women um, on in, everything from Instagram to social media platforms. And there have been zero referrals of human trafficking cases to the state AG's office from local DAs. Mm-hmm. That has to change. Um, also, in a state of about 30 million people, We've only have four prosecutors in the attorney general's office taking on voter fraud in, in a large state like ours, and that's that's unacceptable. Hopefully we can pass our new voter integrity bill that, uh, unfortunately, the Democrats quit their job in the last day of our session, so we weren't able to pass it. The governor's called a special to bring everybody back to hopefully get that in. But as AG, I would defend that law and be proactive and get investigators and prosecutors into the fold. Well, you know that the Democrats walked out of your state legislature in order to not to be a part and give a quorum to Republicans who have the majority, and we're going to pass uh, uh, voting reform. Uh, they say it's too restrictive. They weren't dealt in, and they left. Your AG, what would you do? What? Well, unfortunately, this is similar to what happened in, in Georgia, where the people that are protesting, the people that are upset about the bill, don't actually read the bill. You know, so you know most Americans would say. You know, enough, enough, enough is enough with respect to ballot harvesting, where in Texas we have unsolicited absentee ballots sent to anyone if you are in a voter roll. Uh, we didn't have enough mechanisms to expunge people off a voter roll if they've either moved out of another state or out of our county or if you are dead. Um, that's unacceptable as well. Um, we have a debate over voter ID. I think voter ID has shown that it reduces significantly voter fraud um, in a state like Texas, where historically we've seen voter fraud in in all parts of our state. So, you know, this is about the validity of an election system, making sure that it's protected, that there's never a question about uh, how that process is run. And that's why, as AG, I would defend that law if it gets passed. So Ken Paxton seems you would know better uh, as an AG, gets along with the current governor well. do you think that would present a problem if they combine forces to make sure George P. is not the next attorney general? Well, I think the governor, from what I understand, is going to stay out of this race, along with lieutenant governor. I've had Dan a chance Patrick? to visit with both of them. 
Dan Patrick during uh, during the legislative session. And, uh, you know, like me, I mean, I'm just concerned with the behavior and they want to allow the investigation to play out. Uh, but my message right now, and whether it's with President Trump or, or other great elected leaders in Texas, is, look, the Democrats are all in on this race. They know Ken Paxton is the weak link and that if he's our nominee, the Democrats will have their first statewide elective office in close to 30 years. And that is – I can't describe to you the consequences of that in the middle of redistricting, in the middle of a liberal progressive agenda in Washington, D.C., to have a Democrat AG in Texas. That would – destroy our legislative agenda and destroy the redistricting maps that we we draft hopefully in a special session sometime in the fall so your dad famously clashed with uh president trump in 2016 vying for the for the nomination what did your dad tell you about running for this office and some people have written wow you you chose donald trump who is a fan of yours a supporter of yours and you're a supporter of his over your dad what do you say to people well, you know, if there's a family out there in American politics that understands the rough and tumble nature of politics, it, it would be mine. Um, you know, I did support my dad when he ran. And when things didn't work out, I immediately turned to Donald Trump. I, I came out in support of him uh, before a lot of our elected leadership here in the state of Texas. And and my, my argument is, look, when Bushes and Trumps come together, good things happen. When I ran the victory effort, so in Texas, that means I ran the state party's finance effort, we— achieved a high watermark in Republican Party politics when President Trump was at the top of the ballot. We got a historic margin in the state House and the state Senate. Unfortunately, that tide is receding right now in Texas with the Beto effect and, and other things that have played out in our, our local politics. But, you know, we make a really good team. Dad gets it. He knows this is about taking on Bernie Sanders and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and, and now Joe Biden. So, um, he gets it. And for our state, really, I mean, when you look at the border law enforcement, the inactivity uh, on the border, but but a, a forcing of federal regulation and overreach on other aspects like oil and gas, where you and I have visited on, um, the, the stakes are too high to let a mean tweet get in the way of people. So I guess you have it. How about your your uncle? I mean, he's got great political instincts, a lot of success as two term governor of Texas. Have you sought his advice? Absolutely. You know, he uh, he encouraged me to run. He thought it was unacceptable that in the wake of arguably the largest scandal in Texas politics in probably 50 years, going back to the Sharpstown scandal of, of 72, that we needed a new voice and a new face that can actually focus on the office instead of dealing with criminal investigations and trials. So, you know, he's had some really good advice. Um, he encouraged me to, to focus on the border, and, and that's led to my first endorsement yesterday in my first day of campaigning where the National Border Patrol Council endorsed me. You know, Brandon Judd has provided some great leadership. This is the exclusive union that represents 18,000 Border Patrol officials that wear the green every day and keep the watch on the border. And so there's other tr- tricks up the uh, George W. Bush sleeve that have been helpful in terms of reaching out for support here in our state. Would you think that he might come on the stump with you as it gets closer? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be a few bushes. Um, you know, people have really positive feelings about my family service to Texas. Uh, I've worked on bills that continue to honor his leadership when he was governor uh, as we build out our capital complex uh, up in Austin, Texas. But, yeah, I think he'll be, you know, in the fold and giving some advice. And just like I try to get advice from President Trump or my dad, I'll take whatever tips I can get. So you got the law degree. You got the military background. Now you have six years uh, political experience and uh, more in a very uh, in a very big way. So it, 
45 years old, are you still enjoying politics, which, as you said, is rough and tumble, can be personally devastating? I know your, your grandfather never got over, to a degree, his loss against Bill Clinton felt like he failed. Uh, you guys don't win every race you get in. So here you are, you know, a, a decade or so into this. Do you still have a passion for it? It's actually stronger than it's ever been, you know, I, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on the trail. But when I announced two days ago, you know, there was just such, such, a, sense of, such a sense of lightning and a surge of energy for me um, that I'm, I'm super excited because I love Texans. I love our issues. They're really complicated, and that's what drives me to public service. But you're right. I mean, I'm the only member of the Bush family to have won my first race. Um, you know, people forget that. George W. lost his first race for, for Congress in West Texas in the 70s, and my grandfather for, for Senate, uh, and my dad for governor. But, you know, you get back up, and you dust yourself off, and then you offer vision and passion to your fellow constituents, to your fellow man, and, you know, they, they follow you. So, you know, on this campaign, it's a righteous campaign. Texans deserve better, a lead prosecutor that's above approach and, and ready to, to focus on the job and take on hardened criminals backing the thin blue line and the thin green line. The, the thing that I, I, I love about your family, you, your, your uncle, your dad, got a chance to know your grandfather, read the books, even uh, your grandmother read their books. You guys understand whether you're going to get the vote or not. The politics is about service. It's not about ego. Yeah, you got to be confident, but it's got to be, I think I'm the right person to help people. That seems to be the approach that I get through the generations. Am I, is that a correct read? That's absolutely it. You know, it's not about a title. It's not about a lapel pin. It's not about being on, on TV or, you know, being on radio. It's, it's about doing the right thing for, for people. And when I look at my state and I look at the future of our party, this is a deficit in leadership um, when it comes to the attorney general's office. When I first ran for land office, what I saw was a high, you know, as a military veteran, because I served for 10 years and deployed to Afghanistan as part of Operation During Freedom, is that I saw a high rate of suicide, the largest rate of suicide in any community will find is in the military veteran, veteran community with 22 a day and a high rate of unemployment uh, in the post 9-11 generation. And that's what called me to, to run for the land office because we deal with veterans affairs in the state. And, and similar to that in terms of attorney general, you know, I've loved my service at the land office. I've completed now four legislative sessions, uh, worked to provide billions in additional funding through oil and gas lease management. But what brings me to this fight, you know, was human trafficking survivors and working alongside of them during our legislative session where the fastest growing crime in our state right now is the sale of young women for sex. And, you know, the border issue ties into it, but it's also occurring domestically where pimps and perps and johns are, are constantly buying and trading. And to me, I find it very disgusting. And so I was, I was just thrilled to be able to work on legislative uh, items that took the fight to sexually oriented businesses and uh, to take the fight to, to johns, the pimps and the perps. So, I want to do it every day, and that's why I'm going to be on this trail for a little over a year. Uh, George P. Bush, Texas Land Commissioner, wants to be the next attorney, uh, Texas Attorney General. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way, George. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope to talk to you on the campaign trail. You got it, brother. You're welcome anytime. Well, you got it. And he's going to the border, spending a lot of time, because that's what Texans, uh, and that's what most Americans are really concerned about, I would think. You listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Back with your calls in just a moment, one 408 7669 
newsmakers, and newsbreakers. Hear it first, only on The Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.